0: This is How I Got Here, a podcast where we interview professionals about how they navigated the twists and turns of their careers. We hope these conversations can help you figure out where you want to go and how you'll get there.
1: We're your hosts. I'm Lara Mitra. And I'm Eric Eliason. In each episode, we'll first give you a quick intro about who we are speaking with, and then we'll dive into the interview. To stay up to date, follow How I Got Here on LinkedIn and subscribe to our newsletter at how I got We hope you enjoy. Andrew Gazeki had one goal as he was preparing to graduate college: to not have a job. Instead of a quote-unquote job, Andrew wanted to be an entrepreneur and grow something that he himself had built. At this stage in his career, Andrew was primarily motivated by money. He viewed entrepreneurship as a pathway to a life he didn't have growing up and one that he wanted to provide to his family. After almost failing out of college, Andrew ultimately succeeded. His first company was acquired and suddenly he had the power to buy whatever he wanted. In that moment, Andrew had a realization. He had no wants. In working towards his goal of making money, Andrew fell in love with the process itself. In his own words, he loves playing startup. In this conversation, hear how Andrew got to the place many dream of, selling a company and not having financial wants, and then figured out what to do next.
2: My name is uh, Andrew Gazeki. I'm the founder of MicroQuire. I've also founded a couple other companies in the past, specifically business apps and a company called Altcoin. Both have been since acquired. And I like to surf in really cold water All
1: right. So we'd love to hear a little bit about what you were like growing up. Where did you grow up and what sorts of things were you into?
2: I got pretty lucky. Y'all. I'll start off there. I was born in Detroit. If it wasn't Eminem, it was going to be me as, you know, this big rapper. But um, <laughs> no, just joking. Lee grew up uh, kind of poor. So you know, grew up surrounded by really wealthy families, you know, spring break comes around, everyone's going to Hawaii. I didn't get to do that. And I always kind of thought that was, you know, interesting. And so what I was like, definitely, you know, a handful. Uh, My mom always has a number of different stories of where I was either, you know, breaking the rules or you know skipping class or getting you know the voicemail of like one of your kids didn't go to class today <laughs> and it's pretty much always me but I always had like this kind of knack or interest for entrepreneurship um from a very very young age you know this is kind of embarrassing to say but i had like a world of warcraft affiliate website oh wow i hope you don't know what that i hope you don't know what that game is um... <laughs>
0: what is, what does it mean to have an affiliate website for world of warcraft
2: so in in world of warcraft they have a currency where you can, you know, collect gold for killing, you know, a big goblin or something like that. And you can use that gold to buy a cool sword. And people buy that gold, almost like a currency exchange. Because oh, wow. people live in the game. It's like a virtual world that people live in. And I created a website where you can buy WoW, it was called WoW for Cheap. And I started that, I believe, my freshman year in college. Uh, it did really well at first. And then the Google AdWords, uh, key terms I was paying for, you know, increased in cost to a point where it was an unprofitable business.
0: And what, what drove you to even, you know, when I think about myself growing up as a kid, I wanted to play the video game. I wasn't trying to make a business out of it. So it's really interesting that that was the route you took. Like, What made you even think about making money by playing or selling, you know, items in a game?
2: Entrepreneurship for a lot of people is this like really cool thing to do. It's trendy. Some entrepreneurs are almost like rock stars. If you see them, like you go say, hey, like Mark Cuban or something like that. But I think, you know, for me, not growing up with a lot of money and, you know, that kind of like burned something into me where I just had to make money. So entrepreneurship for me was almost like a you know, survivor mechanism where basically it was my like I, I had to make money. So I was always thinking of ways to to do that.
1: And where did you learn about how to, you know, make a website or how Google AdWords work or or any of that stuff?
2: I would just read articles. I would just read books. I would just I was just fascinated. It was almost like my sport that I like to play. That's probably another yeah. analogy to use is You know, when everyone else was out surfing or something like that, you know, I'd be kind of scheming on the internet. Like how does, how does AdWords work? This is fascinating. I can bid on these key terms and get traffic to my website and make money. And then, you know, once you start to, you know, actually see like something successful working and, you know, there's, there's degrees of success, but, you know, like your first hundred dollars online, you know, for me, I was, I was hooked.
1: And we know fast forwarding a few years, you ended up going to undergrad at Chico State and you studied business marketing. Can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, you've talked about your interest in entrepreneurship, but why specifically business marketing and what you were hoping to get out of college and that degree?
2: So I went to Chico State candidly to party. Um, it was a party <laughs> school. I, I'm just being honest. Um, so I graduated high school with a two like three GPA. You know, I, I knew I I just wasn't a good student, or I actually wanted to be an attorney for a little bit. I was like, okay, like, you know, let's go to law. That seems like a good, stable career. And then I got my grades back the first semester, and I was like, okay, uh, business marketing is, is kind of the path. <laughs> uh, you know, candidly, I, I didn't put too much thought into it. And then another funny uh, part about college, um, I won fourth, third, second, and first place in our our business plan competition, I'd enter every single year. So I kind of knew I wanted to start a company like not kind of almost like subconsciously, it just kind of what I gravitated towards. So obviously, again, you know, didn't grow up with, you know, a lot of financial means. So I went uh, to school on uh, student loans, and I took out more loans to go a fifth year to minor in entrepreneurship okay i failed every single class i didn't i didn't attend a single class <laughs> i just wanted the financial aid to pay rent and food and stuff like that and that's when i was working on a um, business app so i was actually like practicing entrepreneurship but all the classes like i, I didn't even show up to but, <laughs> oh so goodness. i'm still in touch with a lot of teachers too and like they always joke like andrew you were the best student like just kidding, you never showed up <laughs> class, but yeah, I'm glad, glad you were being productive outside of class.
0: <laughs> so tell us a bit more about that company you just mentioned, Business Apps. What's the story of why and how did you start it?
2: Before Business Apps, I started a job board in college that helped connect businesses with uh, mobile developers. So this is when the iPhone like first came out. No one knew how to make an iPhone app, but everyone wanted to connect with a developer. And so I bought a simple job board script, threw it up on a server, and then just niched it to iPhone developers. Um, It was called like phone freelancer or or something like that. And um, I'd get a small commission when, you know, two successful people were connected for a project or something like that. Anyways, I sold that um, business and quote, if you want to call it that. for, you know, an amount that felt like a trillion billion dollars in college cuz everyone's <laughs> broke, I was especially broke. And the reason I sold it was I kept seeing people post the same job over and over and over. They wanted the best example is a restaurant, you know, they wanted these five features and they were paying like 30, 40, 50,000 for this mobile app and they were high-end restaurants. Um, so I figured, hey, let's get rid of this job board. I'm going to build a template. And if I can get like, you know, 30 restaurant clients, like I don't have to get a job. That was like, that was my only goal. Like leaving college was like, I do not want to get a job.
1: Anything <laughs> that I can just
2: pay my rent so I can keep, you know, playing startup. That's a win.
1: And what was it like working on business apps during this time? Did it grow right away? Did you end up quitting school to work on it full time?
2: So I did graduate. I want to add that in. I graduated with a 2.07 GPA, which I think is a school record. Uh, Shout out to my friend. uh, I shouldn't say his name, but I have a friend that basically took the final for me. And that's the reason I passed. (laughs) Wow. Um, But business apps was growing. Um, I believe we definitely hit over a million in revenue before I left school. So it was a real business. We had like real paying customers, not just locally. It started locally. I, you know, got a lot of the businesses in Chico State um, signed up for business apps myself, which eventually evolved into, you know, a do yourself app builder where you can kind of drag and drop and build apps on your own. The business was doing well to a point where, you know, i i was I was excited to, you know, continue to grow that business outside of Chico.
1: We know you ended up growing biz apps for eight plus years before it was eventually acquired and i'm curious like in those early years was your goal to get it acquired was that the north star that you had set for yourself
2: yeah um you know candidly i wanted to be rich like that's just the straight answer i viewed entrepreneurship as a pathway to a life that i didn't have growing up and one i provide to my family so the goal of the company was always to be acquired. Like I wanted to build a company, you know, reading about headlines on TechCrunch of people making, you know, absurd amounts of money in, in tech. And that's what drew me to tech.
0: And can you take us, you know, you were saying, um, you know, one of your motivations for starting a company or starting this company was, you know, to get rich and ultimately be acquired. Can you bring us to that day or, or you know, the moments when you found out that, that's what was going to happen with business apps? What did did that look like? What did that feel like?
2: I remember that. Like, I'll never forget that day. It was like a, like a, whoa, like, what just happened? What do I do next? How am I supposed to feel right now? Because it was the culmination of, you know, eight years of working 100 hours a week. You know, when you start a company like that, like you're never really fully present your head is always thinking about, you got to think about competition, product, finance, marketing, sales, investor relations, like so much is in your head. And I had just been heads down for so long on the business and it was such a big win for me. You know, I remember just kind of, I didn't really do anything. I just kind of said awesome. And, you know, (laughs) let my parents know that, you know, things are good. Uh, Went out, um, celebrated with my fiance, now wife,
1: so did you take a break after that? I mean, I'm cheating a little bit because I know from your LinkedIn, it looks like you no, did so No. So tell us about what you did next.
2: So when we were going through due diligence with business apps, and it pretty much seemed like a done deal and I was going to be leaving the company. And, and candidly, I, I wanted to leave the company. I was tired. I was just eager to move on to something new. I really like the zero to one. You know, Mm -hmm. the the creation, the initial creation of a business um, because it's more creative and it's more fun. And so I was, I was yearning to get back to that. And um, so I was smart enough to, you know, jump into a very technical product on a very hard. uh, Basically, I, I went immediately from being CEO of business apps to being CEO of a company called AllCoin where we were working to develop a way to make faster transactions on the Ethereum blockchain. So very technical project with a very talented team, whole new set of challenges and problems, literally on like day one. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have a transition period with the private equity firm that I um, business apps was acquired from. So once that finished, I moved directly into this other company should have taken a break, but no, I did not.
0: <laughs> and were you, were, how were you feeling at this time? You know, I mean, I feel like one of your goals was to sell a company and, you know, successfully, and you did do that. How were you thinking about your career? Were you just focused on this interesting problem or were you trying to do the same thing, but with a different company?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I love building startups. That's one thing I I've definitely learned about myself. You know, I always tell people on weekends, some people like to play tennis, some people like to play soccer. I like to play startup. Like, it's just what I genuinely love to do. And I think if you're able to find something that you love to do and you get paid for it, uh, you're very fortunate, you're very blessed.
0: What, what do you love about it? What, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people can understand, Oh, you love tennis or you love, you know, play running or whatever. What, what is it about startups and technology that gets you passionate?
2: Well, as an entrepreneur, you're just always kind of questioning stuff. You know, I like to challenge the status quo, like with app development, I was like, why is this so expensive? Like there just has to be, this is ridiculous. Like who's paying like $50,000 for an app this simple? Like we can do this for 30 bucks a month with, Blockchain, it's like this promise of you know being able to build a decentralized like YouTube or search engine or something like that. So I guess it's just um the possibilities are just kind of almost limitless. And you get to pioneer an industry. So you get to kind of like write the rules of how things work and change things for the better um for people at scale, which I think is probably my favorite part, is it's It's how you're able to impact, you know, potentially millions of people in positive ways.
0: And so we know, Andrew, after this company was then also um, acquired, you then went and worked at Spiff, which was not a company you had started and founded. And so I'm wondering how it was for you to go and work at a company that you had not, uh, you know, were not the CEO at and were not a founder of.
2: Yeah. So I was, I was originally going to be an advisor to, to spit one day, JP at spit shows me what they built. And I was like, you're really building a commission automation platform. Isn't this like exactly, or, or Calatus cloud. And he's like, yeah, I was like, you're, you're building that like, really? Cause I was a previous customer of, um, exactly specifically exactly spelled X A C T L Y, And I had a terrible experience. Like, I remember my CFO begged for it for like three quarters. I just said, why is it so hard to calculate our sales team's commissions? And he's like, "It it's just really hard and time consuming. Can we please buy the software? And eventually I gave in. And it was a nightmare. It was super clunky. It looked terrible. Our sales reps never used it. it barely worked. Anyways, they built a very elegant, just modern version, solving that problem so elegantly. I knew it, it was going to be and so, yeah, I joined just basically on a whim, um, didn't meet anyone in the company aside from JP and Jaren's CEO, just kind of said, hey, uh, listening to a few sales calls, I think I can help. And how did I feel about working at another company? I was excited. I honestly was. I was like, cool, I get to like have a huge impact, but all the CEO stuff, you got to deal with that, like everyone's <laughs> like feelings and like you know, all the internal stuff, because as CEO, everything is your problem, like everything, and it, it's stressful, it's, it's such a hard role, um, and you're risking everything, um, so I was actually excited to just focus on the things I felt I was really good at, which was, you know, go-to-market, sales, brand strategy, just general marketing strategy, and that was my role at SPIF. and I was like, cool, I don't have to worry about the engineering, I don't have to worry about bugs, I don't if the servers go down, you're not going to call me, this is Mm going to be great. So uh, long story short, uh, I I had a blast there.
1: Do you think that you don't want to be CEO anymore?
2: Well, I started another startup. So, (laughs)
1: uh,
2: you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're addicted to the game, I guess, you know, it's hard, even for me, like, you know, you have days where you doubt yourself, you have days that go amazing. You have, you know, some weeks you have a ton of momentum. Some weeks are really slow. You know, every company has different challenges that you work through. And, you know, people talk to me like, how do you like seem so calm? Like, you know, running a company. But the reality is, is you're kind of like a duck where you're like, you look calm and you just kind of get used to getting punched in the face over and over. You just kind of know like, okay, there's going to be a ton of bugs and people are going to complain. Like I I know how to kind of go through that but uh you know it's it's love hate it's something that like I'll always always be you know doing I I've realized that that this is the role I feel most comfortable in but you know not every part of it's super glamorous like there's parts like where I'm answering customer support questions you know and just stuff like that every business deals with it
0: Well, I'm wondering, Andrew, you know, we start out this conversation, you were saying how you wanted to be able to provide, you know, a different kind of life for your family and for your kids than the one you had in terms of, you know, in terms of being able to go on vacations and maybe some of these other things that you can get out of having more wealth. And I'm wondering, have you ever considered, you know, actually, you know, being done with doing startups and just kind of retiring and taking it easy or or is that not been something that has ever attracted you?
2: No, I, I, I will never, ever, ever retire. Um, <laughs> you know, so so one thing I did do, and I think this is important for a lot of entrepreneurs to do everything about starting a business, is, is write down the things you don't like to do. And maybe this will change for me, but after business apps being such a big operation, after Altcoin being such a very heavy technical project, um, after working with Spiv being a venture-backed business, I don't... Again, I'm, I'm terrible with authority, so I didn't like answering to you know, board members, stuff like that. Even though they were all fantastic, I just, you know, I like to be, you know, the boss um, or not have a boss, I guess you could say. Um, so I wrote down, I said, I don't want to manage anyone. I want something, I want to build something that uh, isn't going to require a lot of R&D. So that's where I kind of landed in the marketplace. I want to work with other startups and entrepreneurs. Angelist was Already helping startups get funded, Product Hunt was already helping startups get discovered, but no one was really focusing on the exit of the founders' journey. So, I wanted to build something really meaningful for the startup ecosystem because I love startups. So it's like I get to like talk to entrepreneurs all day, help them out, talk to interesting buyers. So that's how I kind of landed on on my third company. Is I. And I guess what I'm trying to to say to your question, Eric, is, you know, it's almost like a, you know, semi-retirement where I'm not trying to build like this Mm. massive billion dollar company. I have no plans to raise money or capital for it. It's just a really efficient business that, you know, pays my, you know, lifestyle bills and, you know, I get to help entrepreneurs. And, you know, my goal is to just, hopefully maybe like I want to make, I've said this to, like a few people where I want to make a thousand millionaires from people exiting their businesses mm. through micro So I think that's pretty cool.
1: I like that. That is really cool. I, I'm curious. I mean, all these companies that you've either started or worked at have been in very different industries and spaces. And it seems like in some ways it would have been easier if you just said, you know, blockchain, I'm going to go down this industry and do different things within it. And I'm curious why you approached it in the way that you did. Is it exciting to you to switch gears and and work in a totally new space every time?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It is. And one thing that's weird is after I sold business apps, you know, I didn't like the whole time I was working towards like this financial goal and stuff like that. Once we got there, I'm like, there's nothing I want like this sweater that I got this is my Christmas present. This is, I asked my wife, she's like, what do you want? I was like, can I get some my like, hoodies from Costco? <laughs> um, like I have no wants. And so that was a weird, like an interesting revelation is, you know, you work so hard towards something and you get there and then you're like, this isn't really that exciting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I actually want to get back to building a business. So I guess, what i what i've really learned about myself is i love the journey and i love being challenged so obviously very fortunate very grateful for you know the success we've had financially but you know i think when i feel the most alive or i get the most excited is when i'm taking on a challenge where i'm entering a market where i don't have any experience where i'm coming at it almost with you know i'm I'm naive i don't know who the major competitors are um Mm. You know, I find them along the way. So I, I'd say I, I love being challenged and I love kind of, I guess, playing life on hard mode, if that's a thing.
1: One thing we we learn a lot from is hearing about the principles or approaches and rituals that successful folks have done in their lives or have learned to do over time. And, and you mentioned one, which was writing down a list of things that you didn't like to do. And I'm curious if you have other things like that, that you do to you know, that you found helpful over time or that are part of your practice of self-reflection and making sure you are happy?
2: Writing down goals is huge. And so is doing small things like keeping a journal. I've kept a journal for the past like five years and I do it through a service called Penzu. And it's just like once a month, I'll just write, you know, how did the month go? And it's it's so interesting to go back and look at you know how you were feeling at that time, um, predicting where you'd be in 30 days, and seeing if you can hold yourself accountable. Writing down what you're grateful for, you know, I I always try to stay as positive as possible. I do some kind of weird stuff, like I'll listen to stand up comedy in the morning just to kind of laugh because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big believer that laughter is is good for you. It can make a, a bad day a good day, and then definitely. I'm sure everyone says is is reading like reading like industry blogs that you're interested in. It doesn't necessarily have to be tech reading books. I tried to read, I try to read, I used to read like one a week. Now I read like one a month, you know, having a kid kind of, you know, free priorities. <laughs> but just always be learning is, is probably another ritual. I guess I would say I try to practice. I'm a, I'm a consistent learner. And I, sometimes go on Twitter for like an hour and I'm like, what am I doing? Am I getting smarter or dumber here? I, I don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> awesome. Andrew, well, I think that is, we're at time here. And so I think that's all we wanted to share. Is there anything else you wanted to, to say or, or, or talk about in the last couple of minutes?
2: No, I would just say um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're hearing this and you just have a question, uh, feel free to shoot me an email, Andrew at micro but i happy to, to help in any way I can.
1: You can check out more episodes and subscribe to our newsletter at howigotherepodcast.com. Thanks for listening.